I'm Chrissy. And I'm Michelle. I read the Will of Time books. And I didn't. And we're watching the Will of Time TV series together. Each week we will break down an episode of the Wheel of Time TV series. We're, we're the, the Wheel of Time Watchers. Hello fellow Wheel of Time Watchers. On today's podcast we'll be recapping episode 6 of the Wheel of Time on Prime. The Flame of Tarvalin. In this episode, we meet Swan Sanche, the Edmund Fielders finally reunite, and our adventurers depart for the Eye of the World. Ooh. Finally, the Eye of the World was mentioned. Um, but before we get into that episode, we wanted to thank some of our newest followers. We have Just Jess on Twitter, Umpabo and Sunny Lion Design. Thank you for following us following us on Twitter. And then on Instagram, we have Jill Van Sickle and Cat Van Four. Thanks for following us, guys. And for all the likes. We love it. It's so exciting. So, we're ready to get into this episode. I'm so ready. So much happened. I love so this episode. Crazy. I feel like this is my favorite episode so far. I keep thinking that after the end of every episode, but I think I mean it this time. I love this episode. It was really good. And it was, like I said on Instagram and Twitter, I had decided to rename this episode, Oh, Nam! Because <laughs> there was so much isodized sass in this episode. Oh, I know. There were so many burns. <laughs> Every time there was an end of, before the end of the, the scene, I would be like, Oh, damn! I can't believe she said that! <laughs> I know. <laughs> I agree. It was just like, the whole time I was on the edge of my seat, just with the conversations alone. Yeah. <laughs> So, how does this episode start? We see we're in a jungle, it looks like. So, we're obviously in a different area of this world. Yeah. And we see the little girl asleep in a hammock. And I knew instantly who it had to be because of the name of the episode. Well, I knew instantly because she had those tattoos oh, on yeah, her chest. I was like, oh, this is the Amerlin seat. So, they're they're in this little river hut. It's just her and her dad. Uh, he's obviously a, a fisherman. He wakes his daughter up to go fish in the morning. Yeah. And we notice that he's missing a hand. I actually didn't notice that she, he was missing a hand until the boat scene. I missed that. that his That's hand when was I missing. noticed it. Yeah. Oh. I didn't notice it beforehand. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. My jingle bell scrunchie is going off. I'm going to remove it so it'll <laughs> stop jingling every time I move my head in excitement. <laughs> um, I have a scrunchie addiction. But the, the hand was important because... He's trying to, to fix, the net. fix the net. It's all knotted. Mm-hmm. And then the daughter starts channeling. Yeah, to help out. And she she breaks the knot loose. And I thought he was going to be like, how did you do this? Like but he knew. That, but he knew, obviously, she's been channeling for yeah, a while. Yeah, I like the father-daughter dynamics that they were showing here. Like how much he cared for her. You could see right away with the way they woke up together. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, even encouraged her. Even though like, oh, did you let people see? But he was still like... You know, I'm really proud of you. You're getting better at channeling even. Even though we need to hide this. Yes. Because obviously this isn't a safe place for channelers. No. And they they go back to their little hut and we see that it, it isn't because mm-hmm. their hut's been burned down by someone. We don't know who. Yeah. Well, you remember you heard there were dogs barking when she was channeling and the do- dad was like, 
did anybody see? Yes. So obviously someone saw. Yeah. Um, I noticed with the hut burned down that like that that comma shape. Oh from, yeah, there was the little uh, yin and yang yes. half of the yin and yang sign. I think that is the dragon's fang. I was wondering if maybe it was before when the trollic was killed, and then you saw that shape in the in the water, the blood in the water. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't think well, they mentioned the dragon's was... fang before, have they? No, they haven't. So people will scrawl the dragon's fang on doorways. Or places where they think, like, someone of evil is. So oh. they think channelers are evil where swans from in Tyr. Uh-huh. So the dragon's fang made sense. And I was like, oh, that's definitely, like, half of the yin-yang symbol is the dra- called the dragon's fang. Oh, okay. So the white side, the light side, is represents the light. Yeah. And then the dark side is the dark. But they call it the dragon fang. Yeah. Because, okay. In reference to the dragon reborn. See, when I saw it, I thought it was... Because I thought the white side was also represents the the Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. So, the female yes. Aes Sedai? I think so. So I, I, th- I took it like, it just reminded me of when like the Nazis would destroy buildings and then they would write Jew on the building. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it was like, oh, we hate Aes Sedai, so we're going to write this on the building. Essentially, because in Tyr, they do hate Aes Sedai and they think they're evil. Much like the white cloaks, so th- I think that's probably why the they use the dragon's fang there. Okay, but I think yeah, the dark. Side well, that's is the but dark, that's different than what I was thinking because yeah, I slightly. thought they were like, oh, this is uh, this is an ice dye house, and that's why we burned oh, it. Oh no! But it's really the this dragon is... fang indicates someone's evil here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to be necessarily used for channelers. Okay, let's see. But the dad. Oh, and then after the words, that's when the dad sends Swan off to um, the White Tower. Yeah. So what did you think of this scene? I thought it was really sad, and I wondered why he didn't leave with her, that why he stayed thinking. in tear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I'm not sure why he would would. I was would wondering. Go. Like, he sent her off on her own. He stayed behind where they know that he's the father of a girl who can channel. Yeah. He's not going to be welcomed back with open and arms. And it's not like he has a job there other than fishing, so he could do that anywhere. Right. So I think it was just to show how strong Swan was to just row off into yeah. the unknown to this place she doesn't want to go. And that she has this tragic backstory where she had to be separated from her father. Yeah. Well, um, in Tear, in the book, they say, if you're a girl who can channel, as soon as you find out, they're swept away and taken away from their families with barely a goodbye because they hate channelers that much. So, like, get out of here. Why do they hate channelers? Why is this such a hated thing? I mean, because you can, they, you can get so knots out of nets. <laughs> I know. So. It's so useful. <laughs> Because they're just so powerful. It just scares them. Yeah. They're like, you're a witch, basically. Basically. Okay. You're a witch. I did like the speech he gave her before we move on. I wanted to. Yes. speech. I was like tearing up a little. Like, this is so touching. <laughs> Where he says. Uh, you're as clever as a pike. Daughter, he's, he calls her Suan Sanche, daughter of the river, clever as a pike, strong as the tides. Mm-hmm. I, I love that speech. And other things he said, um, he had a bunch of little catchphrases that like would reference fish yes and fishing yes which in the book swan sanche is always like throwing Using... out these cat catchphrases uh-huh. about fish and fishing and the, where the village she's from i was like her dad taught her all these phrases and she still uses them so i wondered how she compared to the book is she similar did this scene happen in the book not this scene of her backstory but when we get to meet like swan sanche all grown up I love the casting. 
Yeah. It was so good. Really? Yeah. It matched her? The whole time, I was just like, oh, the casting is so good for each one of these characters. Yeah, it matched her really well. Her personality and the way she held herself and the command she had in her voice. That's cool. It was awesome. Well, that was the end of... Oh, yeah. Suan left to the White Tower, and then we end up back in the White Tower. We're Mm -hmm. in current times, and... This is, good. Yep, this is uh, Suan's big reveal, and I like that they say, attend you all, she comes. Yes, <laughs> it's so dramatic. That's ta- that, that, that speech is taken directly from the book there. Well, I decided I'm going to say that before I enter any room now. Yes. <laughs> attend you all, she, she comes. comes. The flame of Tarvalon. And I loved her outfit. I loved all the outfits so in this scene. so great. I know. They're all dressed in their finest. Yeah. And their hair was done. And they, they all had all their makeup so on. spectacular. Which was interesting because you can really see the difference mm-hmm. in when they're all gussied up versus their normal Travel everyday. Wear. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. That they all were ready for the Amerlene seat to arrive. And, and I saw I saw Moraine's. I noticed her, her headpiece that you yes. mentioned that she wears all the time. That's her signature. Her signature headpiece. <laughs> She looks so much like Moraine in this episode. I just was like, yes, yes, the yeah, whole time. I loved her hair. Did mm-hmm. you notice all their hairs? Oh, yeah. And you were you had said that Leandrin had her the mini braids, braids and she, she had, had that. Yep. And then uh, Alana had her bells. I saw the bells yes. this time. <laughs> they were all dressed in their finest and I just couldn't get over it. Moraine's dress was so beautiful. Yes, I loved it. I loved it so much. I love the color of that blue. We could talk all day about what they're I know. All wearing. Well, I, I, Robert Jordan did. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, they picked the right uh, Moraine for this role because she looks so good in blue. She does. <laughs> her skin. Right? Was, yeah. And I noticed that she looked super nervous. They all did. Yes. And they're, she's breathing heavy and like they're, they're, they're really scared. afraid of this woman. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it has something to do with that she's in this powerful position, but they also mentioned in this episode that she... When they talk about naive, they say she's even more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. So apparently to get in this position, you have to be a, a really powerful yeah, channeler. A strong channeler. So I'm guessing at this point before naive, she is the strongest pa- channeler in the world. Yeah. So everyone is fearful of her, which is kind of strange because do you really want to fear your, your leader? I guess maybe. I don't know. Fear and respect. I mean, they respect her as well. Mm-hmm. There's fear and respect there. And let's see. Oh, I, then they bring in Loghain? Yes. Or um, but before that, I noticed, because they show the whole room, mm-hmm. all the different Aja colors. Yeah, the and sitters. And speaking of the the extra content, I was I watched this episode on my phone, mm-hmm. which I had never done. And they, they actually have a lot of the backstory that I think you would get in the book. And they talk about... Did you watch the x-ray for this episode? I didn't watch it, the x-ray. But when you hit the... The x-ray is like when you pause the mm-hmm. screen or if you tap on the screen there's stuff on the side that'll oh. pop up it'll show you the actors that are in that scene and then it has like trivia kind of stuff oh it does yeah and it so it had listed some of the ajas on there and in this scene there was red yellow blue white mm-hmm. green and gray and, and brown, i thought did that you say brown and brown and brown and i thought there were black but it was no. it's actually the gray people and it said that the Brown Ajas are librarians yep. slash researchers. The Greys are mediators, and they're often said to be advisors, political advisors. Whites are philosophers. Mm-hmm. Green are the battle Aja. Reds are. Um, they didn't mention the green and red specifically. Probably because we know in their enough word. about them. Yeah, but I, I, I 
figure the Reds are like the law keepers. They're like they like police yeah. people. Mostly the male channelers. Yes. And then blues are intelligence, which is what we had gathered. Yeah. And yellows are healers. Mm-hmm. Um and I noticed one of the gray sitters was missing, and I was like, "Is she missing? Is this significant that they didn't have oh. all three gray sitters there? Like, who's the third, the Maybe. missing one? It must Where be. is she? Because um, I feel like that's important. All of them had all three sitters for each of their their ajas. Are the they gray. are they kind of the leaders in the groups? Yeah, like you elect the sitters, and then the sitters sit, and they like are there to represent all the blues okay. or all the yellows or whatever. So I didn't know why they were missing a gray sitter. But in this seat, when I was reading all these things, I was thinking, what Aja would I be? And what Aja would Chrissy be? (laughs) What Aja do you think you'd be? Well, I mean, I'm a nurse, so I would have to be a healer. That's true. But deep in my heart, I don't know. I don't know what I would want to be. I might want to be a brown. Well, that's what I thought. I said Chrissy would be a brown. Do all the research. And I love to learn. You love books. History is amazing. And just to sit and read over old scrolls about the past and try and analyze it and figure out would be so, I would say, fun for me. I think. And then I wouldn't have to be, like, interact with other humans. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I would be a healer, like, in real life, but in real life because this is real life um because you are a healer in real life but i would want to be a battle aja or green is an cool. intelligence aja i don't think i could be intelligence i'm not very good at being sneaky i don't know if i am but i think you'd make good intelligence those are just the cooler ones i think you would be a good blue like, aja. when i was reading the list i was like why would anyone want to be a brown one <laughs> i would or a gray one i know who'd want to be a mediator no no and that's probably what i really would be because I like telling people what to do. <laughs> I like advising. You're, 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 you're right about that, actually. Yeah. You know what? I think you would be a red Aja. Because you're a law keeper. But you don't hate men. No, and I'm really nice, so... You are, but when you have a conviction and someone is messing with you, you, yeah. you are more like, I'm going to get in your face and tell you than I am. Yeah. So maybe that's really what you are, deep in your heart. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, but anyways, I wonder if they're gonna have quizzes online. Like, what Aja are you? Like, what Harry Potter? I hope so. Are you? I'm Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm Gryffindor. Um, so you would be Battle Aja, probably. So then they bring in Logan. Well, actually, the Amerlin seat commands that they bring, bring in the false yes. dragon. I love her presence. And then I, I really like that she's like, why is he changed? Chained? He's not going to hurt us. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of kind of like how we try to make our justice system where we want it to be fair. Yeah. And and you're not going to chain someone up when they're coming into a court if they're not going to. And they're not a threat. Yes, exactly. And I in this scene before he started talking, I, I felt really bad for him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I was hearing voices and I could channel... I would think I was the dragon reborn, too. Yeah. It's, and They built a lot of sympathy for him. They did a good job of that. Yeah. And it's just, it's weird that everyone hates these false dragons. Because they're the ones who broke the world. The men, male channelers. It was the dragon that did it, right? It was, the dragon began the breaking of the world. But the male channelers followed. Oh. See, we don't know this yet. Yeah, like, they contributed to the breaking. Because after Luce Theron, the... The first dragon 
began the breaking. Mm-hmm. They all went mad and then destroyed the world. So Okay, so this is why they hate male channelers specifically and they fear the dragon because the dragon could destroy the world again you don't want to make you don't want another breaking right yes (laughs) that'd be bad apocalypses are bad but i'm still waiting for the zombie apocalypse to happen we all are someday someday i would die so quickly i would too i can't outrun my daughter (laughs) i know (laughs) she runs fast she does but back to Logan. his speech was we learned that the Aes Sedai are weaker the further they get from the White Tower. Did he mean like their channeling is spe- I think he or, like meant literally their power or just over the world yeah. is weakening and people don't fear them as much as they used to, which I don't know is necessarily true. I think he was just trying to goad her on right. and make her angry so she would make a judgment to have him executed mm-hmm. in her anger. Okay. But he so did he's make basically a good point. saying the further you get from the White Tower, the, the less, less people care about your these Aes Sedai. Yeah. Which it, it might be true because, like he said, he was able to get an army behind him. Yeah. To go up against. The Again, and I was like, this was my first, oh, damn. Because <laughs> he was, and everyone's getting nervous and yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, he's right. Yeah. But not the Amberlin seat. I yeah. loved how she didn't even like blink an eye. It's like, this is so Swan Sanche. What was it? He says all these things and everyone starts like whispering and then the, the keeper, Leanne's. Sna- that lady with her, her staff her staff i thought she was so funny <laughs> did you because yes. of her super serious angry face yeah because well no because every time she would get mad she'd bang that staff on the <laughs> i just thought it was funny hey she's like order in the court <laughs> she, i think she played a good leanne too because she's supposed to be like super serious face no matter what and super formal and the staff was in the books as well. Okay. <laughs> so the Amarillin seat makes her judgment. Mm-hmm. And she says that, which was kind of, I thought it was strange that she's like, oh, unchain this man and he needs to have a fair trial and whatever. But it's not a trial. It's like how we do trials. She just got to decide mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. So that's kind of not really fair trial no (laughs) she was pretty fair in her judgment was she yeah i mean he is sentenced to life so that he could be a set example yeah it was just so awful though and that he would be watched and studied yes it was just awful i thought it was an awful judgment judgment it kind of was and then she said um until the madness takes you so yeah. that implies he's still going to go mad even though he can't touch the source anymore oh yeah i didn't even think yeah about i was thinking that. about that and i was like is that true from the books it might be um once the madness is in well you. they even talk well i know that tom's nephew wasn't in the book but he says also that once he but i don't know if it's necessarily from the the, madness. the source the madness it's more like tom said you once you've oh, had this power and it's taken away from you you just you want to basically lose it yeah but he's not allowed to die oh, that is an awful sentence you're right yeah <laughs> it is i mean she could have at least let him go home right now they gotta watch him yeah he still has uh, people following him so that's true then the Amarillin seat's going to pass her judgment on Leandrin, Alana, and Moraine. Right. So she has everyone leave, which I thought was strange. It was just the other sisters who had been in the battle because they weren't, like, in charge. They were just following their yeah. orders. Oh, yeah, because they the, the, the heads of the Aja still stayed. Mm-hmm. 
And I noticed that she says, depart now in the light. Uh-huh. So they're also followers of the light. Everybody's followers Everybody's of the light. Everybody's followers of the light. Okay. Yeah. There's only, like, the one religion. There's the, the creator. Everyone believes there's a creator. And you follow the light. Okay. So I noticed after the other sisters left, the three approached the Amarlin, and they all looked so scared. They did. So scared. And then um, Leandrin talks out over... Swan Sanche, did you? She, she wasn't even looking at her. It was kind of weird that the whole scene. Like I'm gonna stand up for myself, and I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna keep. Like, I'm still scared, but I'm gonna. Tr- it's like she was trying. She got up the nerve, and then she just yeah. did it. She was trying to gain and a she's, little power. Yes, over the Amarlin Sea, mm-hmm. and she argues that Loghain was so strong that they had no choice. They had no choice. They all, everyone would have died. They had to gentle him, and then Alana like stands with her. Which shocked every other Aes Sedai in the tower. Yeah. She agrees. I kind of was shocked, too. I was like, how dare you? Did that happen in the book? No. Did any of this happen? No. no none of this. Is, a lot of the stuff happens because the Because the, the Loghain stuff, yeah, you said wasn't yeah. because specifically we're mentioned. Because focused more on the, the characters from Edmund's Field. Yeah. So I, I, to... I like all this backstory stuff. It's good. So the, the Amarlin tell, basically says that their laws are... They're not there to protect them mm-hmm. or protect you the guys to die. should have all died. Yes, they, because their laws are to protect their people from them, from the Aes Sedai. And she made it sound like they're the rulers of the the world. They kind of are. Like, they, like if there's a king or queen, even though they may, the king and queen may not openly say they have an Aes Sedai with them, mm-hmm. you know that the Aes Sedai are there, like, pulling the strings. Okay. Like, the puppeteers... Controlling the world. But people only trust the Aes Sedai because they swore these oaths to never use the power to mm-hmm. harm somebody. So the, these guys are out here, like, harming people without a fair trial. Right. Then people are going to fear them more and not trust them and not want them there. Mm-hmm. So I guess Suan decides that because Leandrin was in command at the time, which I wasn't sure that was really clear, but... That she's the one that's going to be punished. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, she just starts bringing up Nynaeve. Like, how does that have anything to do with anything? And I hated the way she did it, too. Which is, like... Oh, you're not going to say anything about the girl. (laughs) Yeah. The most powerful strandler in a thousand years. I was like, I don't... I feel like Suan Sanche would have stopped her instantly and said, Shut your mouth, girl. Yeah. Quit your talking. Yeah, she starts blaming Moraine for not telling him about the Trollocs and Loghain's army. I'm like, first of all, there's a whole group of blues. A network. Yes. But she's like, Moraine didn't even tell us. She knew about the Trollocs. Right? I just, I was like, I can't believe. And they already knew about Loghain's army. So I don't know what she's talking about. I just can't believe they let her give this whole speech. And then then she kind of falls for the bait of. No, but. What? Because, because Leandrin says. Oh, you're not going to ask her because you used to be a blue. Yeah. Well, I would have been like, I don't need to ask her because I already know everything. I'm the Amarlin Sea. Sit down. Yeah. That's what I would have said. But everyone in the room's like, <gasps> well, yeah, that because once you're raised to the Amarlin Sea, you are of no Aja. You are of all Aja. Yes. I also read that in the bonus stuff oh, in the you? trivia. They said because the the Amarlin seat has to remain impartial mm-hmm. so she can't favor one group over the yeah. other she's not supposed to be a blue anymore so saying she was a blue blasphemy <laughs> cuz she's not of any aja any longer 
Like, I was so upset that she did not scold Leandrin for this speech. She didn't at all, did she? Not at all. No. And she should have. I, huh. I was upset about yeah, that Yeah, because part. she immediately starts questioning Moraine. Mm-hmm. She mentions that Moraine's been gone for two years. I for- think she didn't want to hear, like, Moraine had any power over her. But yeah. I also don't think she should have responded to it. It's like in the classroom. Like, a kid tries to bait you. <laughs> you don't fall for the bait. No. You say... Sit down. I'll deal with it later. Yes, exactly. I was like, why is she falling for this? <laughs> well, she's putting on this little show. And yeah. She's t- uh, and Maureen's like, I can't tell you why. I cannot tell you. Yeah. And she put, she tells her to get on her knees. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, this is getting intense. And I guess by not telling her, she's she's challenged. They, challenging her power. Yeah. And then the... Uh, Suan's like, oh, well, your noble blood. Mm-hmm. And everyone gasped again. And she said her name, mm-hmm. which I'm guessing they don't say their... Well, it's because, like, once you're raised to Aes Sedai, you forget about who you were your before, past. basically. So, yeah. It was, like, another shocking moment. I know. Well, another... now you know she's a, a, a noble blood. Yep. And it seems like the... I think I wrote something about, oh, the Amberlynn must, like, have a chip on her shoulder because she was raised poor and mm-hmm. she doesn't, like... I think that was supposed to be, like, implied there for all the other Aes Sedai in the chamber. Yeah. But at this point, she's like, this is my seat, my tower, my city, my world. Yeah. That was just, I don't like, I don't like this structure. I don't like these Aes Sedai. <laughs> I really don't. Because why is one person, because, I mean, obviously, it's because they have this power mm-hmm. and they get to rule the world. But they kind of, I mean, honestly, when you look at the story... They really don't really... I mean, all the kings and queens have their own kingdom, and they have... I know, don't like the Aes Sedai. I, I, I like Moraine. <laughs> that's, all, that's all. You're right. I don't really like the other Aes Sedai very much either, so... I think Moraine seems to have... I wonder if... I think Moraine is more grounded yeah. in the world because she's in the world. She's not in the tower. She's not in the tower. She spends. She spent 20 years basically outside the tower, so... I don't know if she really sees herself the same way the other Aes Sedai see them. And I'm wondering if she herself is not, she doesn't like the the politics and the hierarchy. Tries to avoid it. Yes. Possibly. I know she demands respect because she is Aes Sedai, but. Oh yeah, she uses that a lot. I know. <laughs> so Suan says she makes Moraine beg for mercy. Mm-hmm. By so having like, her oh, kiss the floor, is that what yes. she says? Get on your knees and beg for mercy yes. from your mother. Something like that. I was like, oh my gosh, can't believe this is happening. And she does it too. And then she tells her, I'm, I'll am i tell you my... I'll think on your penance. Yes. Get out of here. Yeah. And Alana's like, you better apologize. Yeah. <laughs> you're in real, you're in big trouble. You gotta do something here. Your mother's mad. And then this is the scene where Leandrin, it's like high school up in oh, here. I know, <laughs> right? Um, you thought I was gonna stand up for you because you stood up for me. I don't think so, old friend. Basically, is what that speech came down to. Yeah. And there seems to be some sort of backstory between Leandrin and Moraine here that I think they keep hinting at. But I don't know the that they story. used to be friends and there was a falling out. Yeah, kind of. and I don't know if this is from the prologue, a new spring. This backstory between Leander and oh. Marie, because I don't know it. So now we're back at the inn where Matt and Rand are hiding out. Um, Lan has found them, and mm-hmm. he's bringing Maureen to see them. 
and she's asking Leanne how bad is he, and he says worse than they thought. And as like, soon how as... do they know he was sick? I well, Leanne's like spying on them, uh, right? I, guess, I wonder how he long he's been going on. on them for them. I don't know. Hmm. But as soon as they enter the room, Rand's pulling out weapons and trying to stop him. I know, Rand. And of course, Land just like owns him Slams right him away. Down. Yeah. <laughs> And Matt pulls out his dagger, dagger. lunges at Moraine. Yes, and she's like, "You stupid boy!" <laughs> and she, she, that she even says that. And she pulls out the, the all the blackness comes out mm-hmm. of the dagger. Well, at this point, Rand like is like, "Oh, I see what's happening now. Let me let me help you hold down Matt." Yes. So at first he doesn't seem to trust them, and then he's like, "Oh, well, maybe I should start listening to you." Yeah, because he can see. Can he? You think he can see it? I think he looked at it, and he even mentioned later on. He said, "I saw the darkness try to you pulled." From oh Matt. yeah, it pulled from pulls from Matt into mm-hmm. Marine and like Tries covers her, her mouth like it did to Matt. That was gross. Maybe yeah, remind me of Venom from like oh, Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> and she puts it back into the dagger. Mm-hmm. And then Lane covers up the dagger quickly. And then we don't see the dagger again. I know. We don't know what happens oh, to it. Oh, and Moraine says, make sure he doesn't touch that again. He can't ever touch it. Implying that Rand knows, like, is... I wrote down, on. get rid of that dagger. Where is the dagger? It needs to go in some, like, uh, Indiana Jones storage that <laughs> in the White Tower. That's what does happen to it in the book they put it in like this like lead filled case and it's all like warded against stuff but i don't know because they changed the whole healing of the dagger scene definitely oh really so i don't know if he's fully healed why because in the book it took 10 Aes Sedai to break the connection with the dagger oh wow and they were like grabbing it with tongs and putting it in this <laughs> lead filled book and i mean not book but like case, case to safely get it away from any and everyone but she's like don't let him touch it again implying they still have the dagger she said i healed him of the connection but i don't know if he's fully healed yet hmm well i was right about the dagger of course i was not him channeling she does mention that if matt wasn't strong implying that he has something special about mm-hmm. him that the dagger would have killed him so mm-hmm. something in him fought off this this evilness because Rand's asking her, is he... He can't be the dragon anymore, or yeah, he, he can't, can't channel, right? Yeah, exactly. And she's like, well, we don't know. We Basically, still don't know. We still don't know everything. <laughs> it's like, figure it out, Moraine. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess she leaves them there. Yeah, well, because... first she scolds Nynaeve, like, you almost killed your friend because of your pride, Nynaeve. Well, this is when she she meets with Loyal, right? No, she no, Nynaeve shows up again. Oh, with Loyal. And she uh-huh. says, thank you. Is it Loyal or Loyal? Because he says Loyal. I've always he... said Loyal. So. Okay, well. I think it's just perhaps the accents. We'll blame it on that. I noticed that Maureen called him Builder mm-hmm. and she and bowed, bowed to him. A lot of respect for the Ogier. That's cool. And then, yeah, that's when she says, you should have brought Matt to me, Nynaeve, mm-hmm. because he could have died. I think that was the end of that scene. Yeah. Nynaeve doesn't even reply to it. She just, just they all stood around a little awkwardly like, oh man, she she owned you, Nynaeve. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just, Nynaeve walks away like, oh, she's right. And then we're, we're in a bathhouse. I don't know why there's topless women walking around just I serving the I don't know why Lorraine is all dressed up beautifully, her makeup's done, and then she's like, I'm going go to go into the sauna <laughs> with her for this meeting with, with her. my blue sitter. I thought that was kind of weird, too. Yeah. 
Like the sure we can have some topless women. Well, I'm I guess, guessing but... she was trying to pick a place where they wouldn't be Overheard. spied on. Yeah, but there's women walking around. They're, they're, no, they left the two alone. But at the same time, there's eyes everywhere. Yeah. They're going to know you're meeting in this place. I don't know. I thought it was weird. They could have just had a cup of tea. <laughs> mess up her makeup, mess up her hair, and then she had to get back in her beautiful gown. But afterward. that was the next day, wasn't it? I think it was all in the same day because the next day is when she goes back to see. Oh, yeah, you're right. So this is all in the same day. I just thought it was <laughs> a weird break. It really like, bothered you. <laughs> it just was weird. Would you take the break? I guess we've gone to the spa in the middle of the day, actually. Never mind. Yeah, but we don't wear makeup around town. That's so... true. Or beautiful gowns. Yes. <laughs> That's the only thing I got from this scene. It's like, what are you doing, Moraine? You're ruining your makeup. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this the this lady who I thought was like the leader of the blues, mm-hmm. she mentions that Suan's lo- losing her power. Their ships disappearing. Where was it? In the north? In the west. Or west. Um, the Aiel are out of the spine. And they know There's this. There's Trollocs. And, and she and somehow he, knew what Moraine was up to. No, she didn't. Uh-huh, she said, and an Aes Sedai sank the Tarn Ferry. And well, she knew about that. That's kind of, like, she knows what she's doing, but she doesn't know why she's doing yeah. it. Yeah. Because I wrote down, she even the Blue Leader doesn't even know what Maureen mm-hmm. is doing. Um, and she says she wants Maureen to stay at the White Tower. It's time mm-hmm. for her to come home because, oh, there. I have to go check out these sinking ships. Yeah. So you have to stay now. And then she's she drops something I know, and I, I couldn't so tell confused. what it was. I kept rewinding I and did pausing. Too. Like, what the heck? I was like, is, is that this? an herb? Is she's like saying that Moraine's got a habit or something? But it, it tinkled as it fell. Like it did was it? like a hair piece. So cause Moraine was she like, did put it in her hair later. Yeah. She was like going like this. So I don't. What is that? Oh, I think I know what it was. Okay. I just figured it out right now. Okay. Don't tell me. No, it, it's nothing. It's no, it's no. It's not It'll a spoiler. Make, no, it's not a spoiler. So the maid or whatever you call them, the topless lady. <laughs> Gave her her those robes. Yes. And within the robe, I think it's a signal from Swan Sanchez saying, Come meet me, me later. Oh. And Moraine was like, oh, man, this is some bad timing. I have a, a the sitters yeah. here watching me. And the lady's like, oh, more secrets, Moraine. Which okay. we find out later what that secret is. Okay. Just, yep. I don't know why that took me so long to get. Because I was, how many times I, know I, I saw that? her put oh. it in her hair. Like, what is going oh on gosh. here? I know what's going on here. <sighs> so, Okay. So you're right. So after the scene, she's all sweaty, and then she gets all... Somehow dries off yeah. and puts back on her and goes to visit Egwene and Perrin. Oh. And they're in the this yellow Aja healing place. Like a little clinic. So, I don't know. Because if you want to be healed by the, the, the Aes Sedai, you have to, like, petition for it. I don't know oh, how really? they... I don't know how they got, like, these yellow sister to come in and... Just heal them up. No problem. No questions asked. Or maybe I misread read that. Hmm. Maybe it is a little more casual than I realized. But yeah. And they're in this. I was like, this is a really nice inn. How, is, how are they affording this? <laughs> I know. That's what I was wondering. And like, then Moraine doesn't tell Egwene that we're, that Rand and Matt are there. Mm-hmm. She, she says, dodges I, a question. Yeah. I have people looking for them, but I have, uh, but they're not. I have on good authority that they're alive. Yeah. And I thought, why would she do that? Because if she, if. These, if uh, Ran and Matt say, "Oh yeah, we talked to Moraine two days ago," mm-hmm. then Egwene will be like, uh, "She so didn't tell did me. I. I don't trust her now." So I thought that was weird I that she it was did weird that. Too. Why didn't she want them all to get together beforehand? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was weird too, but you know, Moraine likes to keep secrets, so it yeah. made sense at the same time. And then, so and Egwene 
she it's apparent that she trusts Moraine because she's mm. happy to see her. And she's like, oh, look, I found these rings. Yeah. I killed this bad guy. And he's to never get... going to hurt your sisters again. And she's just so eager to please. And mm-hmm. she obviously wants to be a part of their little group. Yeah, she wants to be Aes Sedai. And she wants Moraine to like her. Yeah. And also, I don't think she killed Valda with that tiny little stab in the back. That's what I was thinking. He's like, definitely going to come back. He's definitely not dead yeah. by Gwen. You stabbed him in, like, the shoulder blade. <laughs> that was not a, a knife. And she didn't finish the job either. (laughs) And then she tells on Perrin. Yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, my best friend since childhood. He's a wolf. I noticed his eyes were golden. (laughs) What's up with that, Marie? And he could control the wolves and the wolf attack. So, yeah, she's just instantly trusts Marine and. uh, Marine tells her, don't tell anyone because people would do him harm. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say why. She doesn't. Doesn't tell Egwene anything. No. And then says, I'll call on you. Be there. Which made me think that Moraine was going to make a break before she had her sentencing. Mm-hmm. But that was before I knew it. Well, she also had, down. had some plan lined up to leave no matter what happened, I think. Yes. Which also, which can, I'm so confused. I'm like, why, why did they, she bring them to the White Tower? Why was she bringing the four to the White Tower at all? Because there's really no reason for it. Yeah. She, she, I guess we find out later that. Suan knows that she's doing this, and she, mm-hmm. but she's the only one who knows. Bringing them to Suan didn't really. Yeah, that's a good point because that that was their in end. the book. The, were in the they book, going yeah, they were to going the White, to the White Tower, Tower, but did they because explain she, why? I'm assuming because they want to control the Dragon Reborn. So once they have the Dragon Reborn in their grasp, they would have better control. But if she didn't, what, was she planning on staying there? And I, don't I know. guess she wanted to make a plan with Suan. Yeah, but she didn't to need just, to bring them there to do that. You're right. It just seemed not very They never, safe. in the first book, they never made it to the White Tower. Oh. They actually, um, we learn about the Eye of the World later, but they actually get, like, diverted to the Eye of the World instead because the need to go there was greater than the need to go to the Tower. hmm So, yeah, I agreed. I don't know why she thought the Tower was a good choice. But, I mean, they end up at the White Tower, but she's keeping everyone away, even though that's where she wanted them to be. Yeah. Just keep them all. Hey, I we got to the Tar Tarvalon, but don't go anywhere near the tower. Actually, yeah, weird. Um, and then we're in the scene where she's like undoing her hair and trying to get look all beautiful. I thought she just looked like she's trying to go. That's what she's getting in her jammies and that's <laughs> put, what I thought at first. Put her face I, cream on. <laughs> that's what I was thinking at first, but then I'm like, oh no, she was trying to look really, really pretty. And then Lance mentions that she masked their bond and. He can't protect her. If he can't feel her. Yes. And she's like, don't worry about me. You need to protect the... Our friends from the Edmondsfield. Yes. And I was thinking, she's kind, it seems like she's trying to push Lan away. And I wonder if that was more of from the last episode where she was like, I don't want him to get hurt if I die. And I, you know, about, she was talking about breaking the bond. Mm-hmm. I think she was just trying to have a private moment with... Swan well, Sanche. I think he knew that, right? Because he says, "Tell her hi for me." Yeah, but I think he want he wanted. He's like, okay, I'm okay with this, but you don't need to mask your bond from me, because so I know where you are, so I can save you if I need to. Yeah, but she's like, nope, this is my private moment, and you're not feeling any of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then we see that girl in the picture again, and I was like, what is going on? Know, this whole thought. scene, I was so confused. I'm like, oh, is this a magic mirror? Is and then she she goes, or, that's what I, well, I was like, is she going to go into the picture? Because she said 
say hi to her for me. And I thought she was like going to go visit this lady in the picture. <laughs> and I wrote down, what is she wearing? Cause it's like this giant man, man's uh, jammy. Yeah. It was weird. And then we see Suan and they're in tear. And I was like, are they lovers? I know. I was like, this is more than a friendship. Was that how it was in the book? So I knew they were friends. Uh-huh. And they were close friends. They were novices together. They were accepted together. They erased the, the shawl together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe there was something subtle I missed in the books. So I did a little research. Uh-huh. And um, that's when I discovered in the prologue, there's more interaction oh. between Swan and Moraine. And it is subtly implied that there may be something between them. Well, from what I read, there was like a scene where they're at an inn and they say, oh, we only need one bed. Oh, okay. Not two. So they... So it it was implied in the prologue, which I Did he write... Robert Jordan wrote that prologue? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, he wrote that. So he was intending that they were together. Yeah, apparently. And I I was like, I must have missed that somewhere. But it it makes sense if they were so close for so long. And I... So I guess Suan... She was putting on a show the whole time. Tricked you. She did a good job, yeah. Tricked everyone. Um, when you kept saying, she must be so mad at Maureen, I was like, I can't say it. <laughs> oh, and yeah, and this is why Maureen said her name when she was dying, because she wanted to be with this person yes, that she loves. I did. I wanted to, I didn't want to say anything and ruin it for you. Yeah. So she tells her that they. she found the dragon, so we know that Suan is aware of this. Mm-hmm. And Suan even mentions, she says, what you had told me about the the prophecy. the prophecy, which was a previous, the Amaryllin seat when they were coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah, basically. they were like accepted and they were waiting on her or something like that. Or they were with her for some reason. And it was just them. It was just the two of them. Moraine and Suan. And they heard this prophecy mm-hmm. of when, that the dragon had been re- The dragon reborn. had been born. Yes. And, and that's how they know the dragon's age. Yes. And she says, I have, f- she found five potential But Nynaeve dragons. is too old. However, we can't discount her power. Because she's so powerful. Mm-hmm. And Moraine's kind of like, uh, the prophecies that we know might be wrong. She's freaking um, out, basically. Yeah. Because she's saying, uh, Suan's saying, well, this is what the prophecy says. This is what the pers- the dragon should be. Mm-hmm. And Moraine's like, I don't know. Because... There's other prophecies. And they've been interpreted. They're inter- just It's just an interpretation of... The original prophecy, and it's been translated for thousands of years, and what do we really know? And then she mentions a five-headed dragon. I'm like, calm down, Maureen. Now you're getting crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And she also mentions that maybe they should tell the The other other. Aes Sedai. Well, I think she got a feel from Alana that she would be okay with not, like, if it's a male, not gentling the dragon. Because they might need him in the battle. The dragon needs to be at the... The last battle. At the last battle. So mm-hmm. we got to be there for the dragon when, when they appear. So mm-hmm. I think that's why she said that. But Suwan mentions that if they if anyone finds out, they'll both be stilled, which you had mentioned before, that that's the same as... Being gentle. Gentle, yeah. But it's for women. Yeah, they'll take their power away, which would be bad for them. Um, and yeah, because no one really, I don't, yeah, it is a weird thing. Like, yeah, we need the dragon at the last battle, but also. I still don't understand. We don't it. want the dragon to come because yeah. the dragon's going to destroy us all. But they need him to destroy the dark one. Yeah. Or join him. Yeah. <laughs> and she says she's get, she'll kill any of the Edmund Which is something she says in the book. 
I'll, I'll, I'll kill you all before, or I don't know if she said it straight out. She might have before I let the Dark One get you. I'll kill you before the Dark One gets you. I just like when they pull in those little lines from so, the book. Yeah. But the Dark One, so the Dark One doesn't have enough power to mm. break the world. No. So the Dark One's sealed away. Yeah. It's kind of powerless, but his strength is growing and he's like touching the world, which is mm-hmm. why he's appearing in dreams. And the Amerlin set mentions that she's been yeah. dreaming about him and that she sees him at the eye of the world and he's weak. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who says she wants to bring all four of them because if he, one of them's a dragon, bring him, right? Yeah, you need the dragon there. And to just battle. attack him now when he's weak instead of at the mm-hmm. last battle. And um, Moraine was kind of like, no, that's. Well, that's not how too the prophecies dangerous. work, also. Like, there's all these prophecies that show this is actually the dragon reborn. And it's kind of weird that she, Swan's like, do it now. Yeah. Like, let's not worry about all the other things that are supposed to happen. Even though I was just defending the prophecies <laughs> right? and saying we should follow the See, prophecies. It's because they left out, like, in all the dreams, the eye of the world is mentioned by the dark one, uh-huh. the flame eyed guy. Um, and then there's other threads throughout the book mentioning the eye of the world, like Egwene and Perrin from the Tinkers learn of this Aiel who was dying and said, mentions the eye of the world. And then some other... Don't they know about the eye of the world, though? It's like this legend. Everyone knows that he's sealed there, right? Well, they don't know that he's sealed there. Oh. No, they. I mean, there's this, this eye of the world and there's something at the eye of the world, but no one knows. Because no one's ever been to Not the eye of the world. Not even the Aes Sedai. I mean, I said I probably know, but normal people like Rand Fielder wouldn't know. Yeah. They don't know what the eye of the world is. Um, so all these other threads were pulling them to the eye of the world. And then Maureen's like on her own without speaking to Swan about it is like, we got to go to the eye of the world. So, so I don't, they changed all of this. They changed that. And I think that's why it sounded kind of weird coming from the Amarlin seat. Like, go to the eye of the world and fight the dark one now. Because they needed a reason to get there. Yeah, but... Moraine says she doesn't want to do that, mm-hmm. right? She says it would be a bad idea, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all because she's gonna. She said anyone who gets between the dark one and the dragon is gonna die. Yeah, meaning she'll probably end up dying too. Uh-huh. So she didn't really want to go. So yeah, they changed that a bit. Hmm. A bit, a lot. Yeah, this is one of the changes where I'm like, I don't think they needed to make that change. Swan Sanche doesn't have prophetic dreams, mm-hmm. but now she does. And she wants to go against these prophecies. And then Maureen asks, well, she tells Swan that she needs to be exiled because Mm -hmm. the blue leader wants her to stay. And it's the only way she can continue this. This quest? Yes. And I think it was unclear what they would do because they obviously don't want to be apart from each other. They Mm -hmm. haven't seen each other in two years and they have finally get reunited and they have to separate again instantly. I I thought overall it was a really great scene and I like the little exchange between Moraine and Swan when she's all like, you know, ranting and Swan's like, like, why do you say anything? I would if you'd put your spikes when your spikes retract. They have this, you can see their relation, the type of relationship they have there. It was hilarious. I loved it. And called her a little puffer fish. Yeah. It was so (laughs) So cute. (laughs) And it was a puffer fish, another fish reference. Yep. (laughs) So after this scene, we see Lan and Moraine always marching down hallways. I know. <laughs> and, and then uh, they're talking about their plans out in the open. I know. What are they thinking? I guess we uh, gotta get the story somehow and we can't just have them sitting around drinking in a, tea. In a bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Leandrian over here is, of course. Well, she's she's like talking about Rand and Matt she's and all the Edmund Fielders. So she knows that they're there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know why. I don't think no. she's she's like, well, what are, why do you food. have these four kids with you? And Moraine pulls out this. I know you you see a man in the North Harbor, and I'm and if I tell your sisters, they're gonna kill him. And that was another. Oh damn! I know. I was like, woo. <laughs> Moraine, and then I started thinking she about that. She shut her down. Is this man she's seeing can he channel? Because she said, I know what the Reds will do. Oh, to maybe. Because they don't just specifically hate men. They hate men who can channel. I think they do specific In this and they show, do. they do specifically hate they all men. They do also hate all men. You're right. Yeah. So I, I didn't... I mean, that's possible that I just wonder he if could channel. Yeah. I'm guessing the Reds wouldn't take kindly to any red woman being, being with, with any man. man. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was an awesome moment. I was yeah. like, about time someone shut Leandrin up. <laughs> yep. And then Moraine meets with Loyal or Loyal again. That's going to bug me. That We'll call him Loyal. And Loyal. He, she said, or he says, glory to the builders. Yes. And your name sings in my ears, which is what he had said to yeah. Rand. So apparently this is a, R- greeting, a greeting ritual. The year. Another thing I need to say to people and when she... they introduce themselves, they'll look at me like, okay. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Your name sings in my ear. <laughs> Wait, my ears, not my yeah. ear. Just one ear. <laughs> and she asks him to bring... No, she just oh, says... Oh, no. She said... You. Yes. Meet your... Yeah, that he's going to meet them somewhere. They don't say why. No, or... they don't. Yeah. And the next scene is... Egwene's in the hall of the tower with Marine, uh-huh. and she's like in awe, and she's super eager and excited. This little girl who's yeah in this cool tower that she obviously wants to be a part of. And then when Nynaeve walks in, she's like, "If you're a ruler, you should be able to rule from the dirt." Did you hear, catch that when she was walking in talking to Lan? No, you didn't hear that. So like Egwene's in awe over this beautiful palace and the seat, and yeah. when Nynaeve walks in, she says this thing to Lan where it's something about. No matter where you rule from, it shouldn't matter where you rule from. You, should, oh. you can rule from the dirt as equally as you can rule from the Because he's obviously bringing her here, and she's like, I'm not impressed I with don't this. Care. Yeah. And then they see each other. So this is the first time they're reunited, right? Mm-hmm. Nynaeve and Yiguen. Um, And then Moraine takes them to see Suan. Yeah. Yes, Suan. So I thought in this version, only the girls see Suan, but in the book, Suan meets with all five of them. Yeah, why didn't she meet with the other three? Matt and Rand I thought that was interesting because she does. She meets with all separately. She meets with all five of them. Huh. And that was in the second book because, like I said, they never made it to the White Tower in the first book. Okay. But, so a, a little bit of a change there, and it makes me wonder: Does Moraine is it? Are they like trying to focus more on the girls? Uh-huh. In some way, because they are such powerful channelers. And maybe she's like, "Well, you need to meet these." These girls, because they're going to be they're, they're potential Aes Sedai. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But it, you can tell Nynaeve's pretty annoyed that Egwene is, like, all about the Aes Sedai. And <laughs> I Egwene, love this scene. Yeah, and Suwan says, you're you're the most powerful channeler in a thousand years or whatever. And Egwene's, like... Screening herself. Yes. Like, she's like, yes, I am. Why, thank you. And it's <laughs> she's talking to Nynaeve. <laughs> yeah, and her face is like, what? Nynaeve? Yeah. Also, I noticed um, Moraine bows to the Amarlin seat, and Egwene looks at her and then follows her leaving yes. and bows. And then she looks at Nynaeve, and Nynaeve's like, I ain't bowing to no one. Yeah. 
And she's trying to be all tough again, and she's super direct with the Amerlin. Mm-hmm. And she, the Amerlin's like, hey, listen up. You guys, you've been called to do this. Whether you like it or not, you need to be at the last battle because you're, the fate of the world rests on them. Mm-hmm. Which, again, why aren't the boys there? I know. Because... They should have brought the boys before the Amerlin seat, too. Yeah. Maybe they ran out of time. I don't know. <laughs> the next scene I noticed again, it's kind of, it's just a quick interaction between Maureen and Lan. She's about to go get her sentencing uh-huh. and Lan's saying, I can, do want you want me to, me to be with there you? with you? And she says no. And I thought again, she's, it seems like she's trying to push him away. I didn't catch that. Cause she, I don't think she wants him to, I don't know what, what I was thinking about. it's more like there's I need, a million enemies here and we have to protect those five yeah but she kept saying that to him and and it was every time he said i want to be with you basically weird yeah so it kind of was like an excuse and she's i don't know if in the book they have this thing where she doesn't she doesn't want actually now that you mention it she does always like want to do it without him a few of the things that are happening right now Uh uh-huh and he's like no i need to be there for you oh i never really thought about that i don't know if that's like a major plot where she eventually tells Lan to go away or no. not go away <laughs> but that she doesn't want him to feel the same pain that Stefan felt and all that maybe be maybe because she sees the relationship between uh Nynaeve Nynaeve. and Lan building she's mm-hmm. like you you can you can are they when it doesn't seem like it's a typical thing because she said I've read that you can break the bond but is it in the books? Does that happen where they release a warder and then they go off and, you know, have a normal life? No. Okay. That's not typical at all. <laughs> that's what I thought, but it seems like they're trying to hint that that's a possibility. Hmm. That's a lot to say about a, such a little word scene. <laughs> Nonsense. Actually, I really like this scene because when Moraine is standing on the tower, I was like, this is the perfect Moraine. Yeah. I was so happy. The way she was standing, the little jewel on her forehead, her dress. I was like, this is so Moraine. I was so happy at that moment. This is the best episode ever. You're so funny. Well, it's so nice when what you're envisioning comes to life and it's just like how you envisioned it. That's cool. It is. It's exciting. Is this the first book to film? To meet my expectations? Outlander, I think, is another one that did an awesome book adaption. Yeah. So that would be another one that I would say has done a good job. I think that the key is that these are TV series instead of a movie. Because in a movie, you have to rush everything and, like, cram everything in and cut so much. That's true. And now that television has become so popular and that it's, it's like, so um, high-end now... You get these really well-produced, lots of money put into these TV series. And so you can have a, a long story. That's And you get to know the characters. And this better. whole episode, I was like, they must have loved when they found this series. Because there's so much in it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of it is like kind of before its time. Because I know like the 90s, they try to start becoming more progressive. But... To think that 
they wrote this story where there's there's these powerful women you're seeing female relationships and different I, cultures yes. celebrating all these yes. different cultures and races and it is definitely progressive and so i bet time. you when they read they heard about these books they were like oh my gosh this would be perfect it's shocking <laughs> that it wasn't picked up earlier i know i'm glad it wasn't because they probably would have destroyed it again we should probably do some research on no, no. On I think, the show. I think not doing a bunch of research is fine. <laughs> because we don't have time in our lives oh, no. to research. When am I going to do that? After work, when I'm taking care dinner, of child, taking care of my child, dinner, spending time together. Cleaning the house. Sleeping because we go to bed so early. Because <laughs> we're so tired all the time. Yes. And on the weekends, now we have this. So I don't even have a Sunday of relaxation oh, any longer. Oh my gosh, yeah. But it's it's fun. This is relaxing. It's it's, it is out fun. In the closet. It is actually really fun. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. Yeah. So after Moraine's scene with Lan, we enter the hall again. Oh my gosh, this this moment. Moraine is. This was intense. I don't think I took more than like two lines of notes because I was just like so engrossed in this whole moment. It was yeah. It was Mar- intense. Moraine looks terrified again, but mm-hmm. you now you know it's because she knows that she's about to be exiled, which means she can't see this person that she loves mm-hmm. ever again. But I did notice after Suan says uh, sh- she's exiled and the whole room is like, what? What's Because apparently this doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Um, they bring out the, the oath rod and she does this. Ceremony. Ceremony right. saying she'll never return, but she says until the Amerlin Sea calls her home. Yeah. So that gave them a little out. Like, eventually she could Maybe say, come back, back to me. Yeah. Oh, and then when Moraine says her side of the oath, she doesn't say, so Swan's, I'm sure you saw this, Swan's like, swear to the Amerlin Sea. Yes. And Moraine swears to Swan Sanche to obey her, mm-hmm. not the seat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's good. And then I was wondering... Did everyone else in the hall hear that? I, they, that's what they, I was wondering, too. catching this little, like, moment they're sharing? Because mm-hmm. you'd think that she would, they would need to be speaking loud enough that everyone mm-hmm. could hear. But I think Moraine might have been a little quieter mm-hmm. than Swan. So she changed it subtly and no one noticed. I don't know. I guess we'll find out later on if they... If they bring her back to the White Tower. Or if they show a scene. Did Was she exiled in the books? No, no, because this never happened. This never happened. It's all out of order. No, what happened in the books was Moraine just runs away, basically. And everyone's like, ooh, Moraine, when you come back, you're in trouble, basically. Oh. Um, like she's, But, of course, Suan knows why she left and where she went. Mm-hmm. But she was never exiled. But essentially, she exiled herself by running away. Mm-hmm. So it achieves the same effect. And this is way more intense and cooler than just, like, slipping away in the dark one night. Did they ever show anyone being exiled? This whole ceremony and everything? And this, the sisters turning their backs to her? I feel like it seemed familiar. So maybe something like this similar happened. But I can't say for sure. When you're exiled, are you still an Aes Sedai? These are the questions I had. <laughs> no. Oh. Not really. Okay. Well, yeah. you can't ever come back. You and... can't come back. I think you just live the rest of your life alone. <clears throat> Often exile on a farm. I mean, they talk about being exiled. You're still, like, a part of the tower because you can never not be mm-hmm. as a channeler. But you can't ever But return. you can't really do any of the Aes Sedai stuff that they do. You're just living on a farm, basically, <laughs> in retirement. That sounds nice. 
Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and Moraine even seems happy about it. She's riding away on her horse, and she's. It seems like she's free. Like she's happy that she's free from mm-hmm. from Some these... tower politics. Yeah, exactly. Although the scene when she gets exiled, she's like, "Turn and face your sisters," and then and she's all crying. turn around. It's really sad. <laughs> Even Dad was like, "Oh, what did he say?" Oh, it was so funny. But essentially, what you were saying the whole time, like, "Oh, damn." <laughs> I was like, dad, dad was like really taken aback. Like, oh, no, he's like, oh, that's cold. Or it something. is, yeah. It was, <laughs> it so, was cold. so cold. But you could tell they, I mean, it's just part of the ceremony uh-huh. because everyone was kind of like. Except for the Amarlin seat watched her go with tears in her yeah. eyes. I was like, I hope no one saw those tears. Yeah, that's a little dangerous right mm-hmm. there, Suwon. Mm-hmm. So uh, Moraine's writing to the. What is, what is it called? The way gate? The is way that what you gate. call it? Yeah, the ways. And you were saying that this doesn't look at all like Mm-mm. what the, an actual way gate is. Allow me to read a passage from the story. I have it bookmarked. I like your I'm going to read a passage voice. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read to you, children. One part of the carved stone wall right in the center was more elaborate than the rest. As well done as the rest was, it appeared a crude copy in comparison. Worked in hard stone, those leaves seemed soft, caught in one frozen moment as a gentle summer breeze stirred them. For all of that, they had the feel of age, as much greater than the rest of the stone, as the rest was older than the brick. That old and more. Loyal looked at them as if he would rather be anywhere else but there, even out in the streets with another mob. Avandasora, Marine murmured, resting her hand on a tree-foil leaf in the stonework. Rand scanned the carving that that was the only leaf of its kind, and he could Uh, I messed that one up. Rand scanned the carving. That was the only leaf of its kind he could find. The leaf of the tree of life is the key, the Aes Sedai said, and the leaf came away in her hand. Rand blinked. From behind him, he heard gasps. That leaf had seemed no less a part of the wall than any other. Just as simply, the Aes Sedai set it against the pattern, a hand span lower. Three-pointed leaf fit there as if the space had been intended for it, and once more, it was part of the whole. As soon as it was in place, the entire nature of the central stonework changed. Um, he was sure now that he could see the leaves ruffled by some unfelt breeze. He almost thought they were verdant under the dust. A tapestry of thick spring greenery there in the lantern-lit cellar. See, they're in a cellar. Okay. They're not out in the open. Uh-huh. It's just a wall. And then basically... It says the wall springs open into doors, so a wall turns into doorways. And behind where it should have been dirt or the cellar or the next building, a dull, reflective, shimmering, faintly caught their images. So it's almost like looking into a mirror. Okay. Not darkness. It was a, a much different. Was that when they were going? In- That's when they were entering the ways for the first time. Where were they going in the book? They're going to the eye of the world. In the book? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they all, they do end up going to the eye of the world through the way gate, but in a different roundabout way. But, yeah, so basically it's a wall. That turns into That turns into doorways, and it's carved beautifully. But it could be different in other, is it always like that? I think it's always a wall. There's always a leaf. There's a leaf, and and you didn't need a channel to enter the ways. You just needed to know the key. Uh Uh-huh. Which, I thought was interesting, they made it so that it seemed like Moraine had a channel to go into. The ways, because the ways were built by male channelers for the Ogier to use as, like, a thank you gift. And I I'm, I'm, don't know if they're going to talk about it in this next coming episode. 
So, like, the men were going crazy, and where the Ogier live is called a setting, and when you enter it, you can't touch the source, you can't feel the source. Oh. So it staved off the madness for a time, and they were able to get some relief from it. Mm Mm-hmm. And as a thank you gift, they created the ways so the Ogier could travel great distances. So they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to channel because yeah, they can't channel. They just grab the leaf and open it up and then they go through the ways and then they go. So anybody could use the ways. But in this one, it seems like you need to channel. Need to channel to get or maybe to it's use this it. particular way gate. Interesting to change. To get to the eye of the world, you have I to channel. I don't know. I don't know why they changed that, but maybe because they don't want to go into that big backstory. Maybe. That seems kind of important backstory, doesn't it? It kind of does. Maybe they'll, I don't know. They'll probably talk about it once. They'll they'll show you why Loyal needs to be part of the party here. Yeah, because they meet they meet Loyal, Rand and Egwene. They reunite yeah. for the first time. Nynaeve's there, Marine, uh, Lan, and Matt. Um, it's just the whole group and together all again. hugging and happy. And they're like, we're going to go on an adventure. And it seems really exciting. And mm-hmm. um, I did um, write down, where's Bella? Because they all have their horses. But then they don't because Maureen's like, release the horses. Yeah. Which was funny because they do take the horses through the ways in the book. Because you need your but horses. But Loyal says... It would be bad for the like. Mm-hmm. It would be bad for them to go into the ways. Like I don't. That was another weird change that I don't know. Yeah. So you just have to get a new horse every time you go through these. Yeah. No. You way should gates. be able to take your horses through. <laughs> well, Loyal's speech when he was talking about the ways, he gets interrupted again. Oh yeah, because he keeps going on. <laughs> He's rambling on a and on. Bit. <laughs> um, and they say that there. This is the eye of the world, and it's the Dark One's prison where he was trapped by the last dragon. And she tells, Maureen tells the group, one of you will finish the job. Yeah. And Egwene says, what's, what will happen to whoever is in the dragon? Which I thought, why would you be thinking that? Because I would, if I was going in there, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to destroy the dragon. And then everyone's going to be, you know, we're going to save the world. And um, Maureen's like, well, we don't really know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. We're not all gonna die. <laughs> and I was like, they're going straight to the dark one after Moraine told Suan that this was a bad idea, mm-hmm. that they weren't gonna do this. And so then, then she opens the way gate. Yes. Without a leaf. Just Without the leaf, it channels it open. It's and dark. There's no silver mirror image. I like the silver mirror image part of the book just because when they enter it, it's like time slows down mm-hmm. and then you burst through and when you look back you can see everybody and they're moving in slow motion to show like time moves differently in the ways like loyal is trying to say uh-huh. um you could take a hundred steps and move a hundred miles right. or whatever yeah they left they changed that it looked like it's just like an opening there's nothing to pass through did you notice that yeah yeah you can see right into where you're going mm-hmm which is this dark, scary place. Yeah. And apparently I wrote down, Matt's not going? I know Matt hesitates to enter. Yeah, like, why? They should have been watching everyone. I mean, they're all in before they even notice that he hasn't followed them. And I was thinking, well, maybe he, it's because he doesn't want to leave his sisters. He hesitates um, for sure. Yeah. And there's everyone's screaming at him. And then we see... The doorway starts to shrink. Yeah, it's shrinking. And we see the room that the party is in go black mm-hmm. but it's not really clear it does matt that it go has in shut it. has matt come in or is matt now 
on the outside and we are not going to see so him. So I automatically assumed Matt did make it through because in the book, Matt is with the party. Right. But then I come to learn through you, a friend of yours mentioned like something about Matt. Well, not we being... knew we knew that Matt was recast. Yes. That he in the second season, he's played by a different actor, which I'm so sad about because I love this actor. But one of my friends was saying, I think they she thinks that he's he not hasn't be... gone through and that maybe they're going to change his story and make it a lot different from the book because they have to. Because he quit. So because of that, what your friend said, I did a little research. We did. I think we both did and discovered that he's may not be in episode seven and eight. Because he may have left. Because he mid- may have left mid season. Yeah. I didn't wait till the end of season. I thought he waited till the end of season one to leave Mm -hmm. so i'm not i don't know for sure if that's true if he's not in episode seven and eight if he's not that's definitely a huge change from the book Mm -hmm. because matt was there um so i i'm confused now at first i was like of course matt jumped in at the last second yeah i was thinking that too i was like he has to be there they were just trying to make a cliffhanger here i hope i hope he does the actors credited as being in the next two episodes Mm -hmm. um if he's not, I'll be very sad. I know. That can't the be last the last time we see Matt. We see Matt? That can't well, not be. for the whole book or for the whole rest well, of the that, show. For that actor portraying Matt. I'm so sad. And we don't know why he left the show. I can't find it anywhere. No. I'm sure they're not going to release that. But I'm sad. I wish he had stayed. I, I think he was a really good actor. He was great as Matt, too. He was perfect. Like, exactly how I envisioned Matt looking, basically. And the way he acted mm-hmm. was amazing. And makes you a little nervous for what's going to happen in season two with yeah. the new actor. So that's the end of the episode. Maureen says this classic line from the books, the wheel weaves as the like, wheel yes. wills. Is this the first time we've heard this? I don't remember if it is or not, but... But it was pretty... It was it, epic. It was pretty amazing, yeah. What were your thoughts overall of this episode, though? I, I thought it was, like you said, one of the best ones yet. A lot did happen, even though it was all contained within this tower. And it made me think that this should be probably the last episode of the season. Because, yeah, it was like, oh, we're starting this adventure and let's see what happens. But now they're already going to the dark one. And I'm like, what's going to happen? I think I wrote down the next episode is going to be so good. (laughs) It will be good. I'm really excited for them to enter the ways Um, in the book. When they enter the ways, like you can, I have the book in front of us right here. You can see there's very little left. Yeah. A lot of action is packed into the end of the book. Ooh. I'm so excited for the ending and also so sad because there's only two episodes left. I know. It I seems like they're, they do? do you think they're going to go into the second book with these I last two? I don't think two? so. No? No. I think, they, I think there's enough action that it could fit into two episodes. So there's going to be a lot of Because they have to go through the ways still. this show. And they have to go to the Shinar because you remember the bath, the the man and the trailer. We haven't seen that scene yet. Oh yeah, yep. So that's gonna happen. Yeah. Before this season ends. Uh huh. Wow. I'm so excited. Okay, I guess we'll see what happens next episode. I know. And so I asked mom and dad their reviews. Of course, dad said it was really good. Mom said I really enjoyed it. It was really thought provoking. Thought provoking. Oh. <laughs> And it was. It was like, ooh, what's, you know. What's going on with this scene? And a whole lot of intrigue was in this episode. Yes. And I'm super, super, super excited for the next one. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you guys about it next week when we recap 
the seventh episode of the Wheel of Time. Thank you all for listening. Thank you.